Hello and welcome back to a new episode of the Starting XI Podcast. Nico Kramer joined with my wonderful two co-hosts, Spencer Shapiro and Matias Agni. Matias, how are you today? I'm doing good. I'm actually very excited to to record this podcast. Milan, of course, sitting joined top of the table in Serie A, so couldn't be happier. Spencer, how are you today? I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to reviewing certain games, and I'm happy to be Can back. we talk about how Spencer can't say what I said about my team? Because Liverpool <laughs> got absolutely battered. <laughs> but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We will get to that. And I guess, I mean, I guess why not start off with it? Well, I mean, we should just yeah, start with Serginho Dest. Might as well. Um, well, Serginho Dest. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we would. Wait, what? what? We can talk about Serginho Dest. Okay, we'll get it. Well, we'll start with La Liga then. Okay, we'll start with La Liga. So, in La Liga, we saw uh, Madrid get a win over Levante, which was... Not convincing once again. It was pretty sad, actually. <laughs> Vinicius got a goal, which is nice. He also missed a wide-open tap-in to seal it, which would have put it at 2-0 early on. And, of course, it left Levante in the game, and Benzema was able to get a counter-attacking goal. Um, this game, once again, for Madrid was just – I mean, Levante were the better team, I have to be honest with you, and it was kind of frustrating to see. And it's just kind of the same thing since last season, and um, I'm not really sure where they're going to pick up from here. Uh, I, I'm happy Vinicius scored, of course, but he did miss some big opportunities. And Spencer, I'll start off with you. I mean, it's just the same thing, it seems like, every week. You think Madrid are going to be able to turn turn around here? Of course, Hazard's still not fit. Um, won't be for a few weeks still as well. Um, do you think Madrid can turn it around without him or not really? I mean, I think, I think based on last season, Hazard wouldn't really make a difference with how – if he continues his form from last year. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Madrid are still picking up results. They're sitting first in in the league. Of course, Barca could jump them, depending on how they do with their game in hand. But at the moment, they are first in the league. They've won three out of four. The other one is a tie. And even though the results might not be as convincing as they could be, they're still, for the most part, getting them done, getting them done, and that's what I think is the major thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Matia, how are you assessing Real Madrid on the start of the season? I think I'm. I kind of agree with Spencer. I think uh, it's good. They're getting the results, and I don't know. I think Hazard didn't come back in in good shape, but I think he will he will definitely help and. Even making no signings over the summer window, I think this is still a team that can and will compete uh, for the league this season. And they're still going to be a top team whether or not they miss some players. But I think even though they're winning by one or two goals, they're still getting the wins, and that's what's important. Yeah, I I think this Madrid team reminds me a lot of the Liverpool team last year in some ways, and yeah. that they didn't make it really any some summer signings. Liverpool last year bought Vandenberg for $1.3 million, but other than that, didn't spend on anyone. But the most important thing when you're winning leagues is getting results over the line, and Madrid, for the most part, are doing that. Yeah, and I mean, I think, as we know, they made no signings this window, which was super un- unreal Madrid-like to not spend any cash um, mm-hmm. in the transfer window. But I think, you know, to to Matias' uh, point about their current squad, Courtois has been just amazing um, and saved them countless times this season and last season. But especially in this Levante game, he had three crucial saves, um, incredible saves, really. And he's really come into form, which is, mm-hmm. which is great to see after there was a lot of doubt about him. But we'll shift over to the other side of the, the Madrid spectrum. We saw Atletico Madrid at home against Villarreal and another tie. Um. Again, you know, we kick, they kicked off really well, but is it unable to score goals, and you would think that they're going to be able to after um, signing Suarez and you get six in the first game, and now they tie zero zero against Huesca and Villarreal. I mean, Matia, is this uh, is this going to be a worry for them down the stretch, not being able to score goals? Uh, I don't think so. I think they have 
a very good attack, especially with the addition of Suarez. I think João Felix is gonna prove why they this season why they spent so much money on him, and I think their attack is good enough to break out of this small slump which we've seen Atletico go into before, as we said last week with Spencer, and it's not gonna be a problem for them down the stretch. It's just a bump in the road. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, in this game in particular, Villarreal had some really good chances, especially by their captain. Um, who had Old Black had to be forcing some some amazing saves, and I'll ask you, Spencer. I mean, I I know it's really early, and um, it's it kind of seems as if we're getting a glimpse of Atletico Madrid from last season, really just defending before attacking. And do you think this is going to be a problem for them in terms of challenging for La Liga? Like we, I think we both put them at second place. I mean, are you still in favor of that, or maybe not so much? I'm not in favor of that. More because of how Barca yeah. has started. Well, part Apoletico doesn't exactly re- fill me with confidence, but I mean against Villarreal they didn't even get a shot on target, and yeah. it's just playing the way they do. It's very difficult for them to win leagues, although they might make a couple solid runs in cup competitions. I just don't see them being able to threaten for La Liga this year or really any of any in the next couple of years barring any major signings. Is it do you guys think it's more of like their playing style? Because as we saw last season, Simeone pulled off seemingly what was what seemed to be a miracle against Liverpool at Anfield. But is that are those like more one time performances? Does it seem to be like a trend that those are one time performances more than uh, a season long? performances i mean again or against the liverpool at anfield i mean they just defended with 11 players for the entire 90 minutes mm-hmm. they stacked the box played a low block they got very fortunate that right after liverpool finally got the league they were gifted a goal from by adrian and then after that liverpool just kind of fell apart and had no shot and seemed kind of demoralized. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you can't win a league by defending with 11. At some point, you're going to have to attack. And I had a lot of hope after the Granada game because scoring six against any team isn't really hasn't really been Atletico's style. So I had hope that maybe they were changing for the more attacking side. But it really hasn't seemed to like that since. I mean, again, speaking about Atletico recently, uh, what do you guys think about? I mean, it was basically a switch for between Torreira and Party. Uh, what do you guys think about? I mean, Torreira was alone. Party was release clause was triggered. But what do you guys think about that move? Well, you know, from from an Atletico Madrid perspective, and especially Diego Simeone, he didn't want Partey to move. Um, he didn't want him to leave. He made it very clear when Arsenal and, and both Man U have c- came back um, earlier than this um, deadline day that he didn't want him to go. And he thought he couldn't go because Arsenal didn't have the money and he wanted it all at once. And apparently they did at the end of the day. And, you know, Thomas Partey, um, for maybe those who don't know much about him, he's a super good player, super good player. And he's a CDM who can play in multiple positions. Um, and he has a long shot that's just incredible. So I think from an Arsenal perspective, I mean, this is a great move. They definitely need someone like that in the midfield. Um, and for Lucas Torreira to Atletico, I mean, it's it's a downgrade, uh, to be completely honest with you. So I'm not sure. You know, we know Simeone, how he feels about it in that press conference, speaking about how he thought Arsenal's um, actions weren't, you know, right, not contacting them, whatever. Classic Diego Simeone style. But I think from... Atletico's perspective, this is a big loss for sure. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's going to hurt them. Um, and, you know, touching on Simeone and the coach, I mean, I think, Matia, to an extent, you're right that Simeone, as we know, is paid almost double what any other coach in the world is paid. And he's gotten that, you know, few Champions League finals and the La Liga. But at some point, I almost feel like this, it's just not going to work out. You know, at some point, I think you need to switch. I'm not saying from the hot seat. Or he needs to be fired, but 
at the end of the season, depending on what they do, I think Atletico Madrid really need to look and see what they can do to, to move up into those bigger uh, stages with the clubs. But we did see also Barcelona tie Sevilla, which was we all knew it was going to be an amazing game coming into it. Two strong teams. Um, I rate very highly of Sevilla, as, as many of you probably know. And this game was really fun to watch. I think Barcelona's goal was a little uh, lucky, I think unfortunate from Sevilla to have that miscommunication with the goalie and defender. But Sevilla had good chances. They didn't take them. And Barcelona also played well. So, I mean, Spencer, what, what were your thoughts on this performance, Barcelona? I mean, it really – it wasn't anything special from Barcelona. Yeah. Lose, tying against Sevilla isn't an awful result, as Sevilla are a quality team. But the way Barcelona has started the season, this Sevilla game could have been a statement yeah. for them, showing that they are the favorites, especially with how Madrid's playing. But at the end of the day, they were only able to pick up a tie, which – isn't awful, and of course, they got we got to see a little dust cameo, which is great. Mm-hmm. But it's not an awful result, but not a great one. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, I mean, first of all, congratulations, congratulations to Serginho Des for that move uh, and getting the first his first minutes in a Barcelona jersey. But as Spencer said, it's really just not. A great performance is it from Barcelona? Nothing special, nothing that makes us want to say that Barcelona, yeah, they're going to be real, like real, real contenders for that first spot. And it's just discouraging uh, for Barca fans, I think, to see them play this way. And it's similar to what we saw at the end of the last season, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think I know I need to ask you guys a few questions about Ronald Koeman, who uh, we all know came in under pressure already um, with everything that happened over the summer and, and so on. And in this game, um, I thought he made quite a few weird substitutions and, and lineups. I mean, the first thing he said when he came in was that Griezmann's not being played in the right position, which was, I think, to everybody, like, yeah, common sense, and then right? He played right wing. Can't play him on the wing. And, yeah, every game so far he's played on the right wing. So I'm not getting that um, – that tactical decision yet. It's still not working out. He came out and said after the game that Griezmann needs to take one of those opportunities, which I think is just, you know, it's, it's almost a little rude in a sense if I'm Antoine Griezmann. Like, well, yeah, you told me I was going to be able to play in my position. You're not playing me there. And now you're telling me I'm not finishing. Mm-hmm. It's it's like, what, what do I do with that? And then what really sh- shocked me, though, was, you know, it's 1-1 with Sevilla. The game is pretty even, but maybe, as Spencer said, this is a time where you can make, make a really big statement in beating Sevilla. And you decide to bring on uh, Trincao, who's just a, a, you know academy winger, and Pedri, who's a new signing from um, lower, uh, lower league within Spain. And I think when you have someone like Usman Dembele on the bench and you're bringing on these two guys, it, it really – I mean, Matia, can you explain that decision at all? No, I think – I mean, there were some photos that kind of went a little viral on social media of Dembele just sitting on the bench. And you just got to feel bad for him, to be honest. I mean, Pedri, as you said, I I believe he was loaned out to, like, Palmas last season. Trincao was bought this this past window. I'm not sure. But even, like, Pjanic isn't getting that many minutes in the system. And it's just sad to see wasted talent. And there's really no explanation for it. Right. And, um, and yeah, we did talk about Des coming in. And in terms of Des, real quick, I think this is going to be a great moment for him because we know that uh, Sergio Roberto's position on the pitch is, is shaky. He's not really a right back. It's converted right back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Semedo left. And Junior Firpo, who's been struggling with injuries, mm-hmm. will now join Jordi Alba, who also was pulled off this game because of injuries. So I think from a Sergino Des point of view, I mean, this is the time to jump in. And yeah. uh, play well because I think he's going to have plenty of minutes yeah, coming up. Definitely. But some no- notable results other than that was Athletic Club losing again to Alaves. Um, and they only won one game in the relegation zone. It's really unlike them. Betis beats Valencia, which is big for them. Sociedad beat Getafe, which I think Sociedad, as you know, last season were great. And they're going to continue to be strong this year, 100%. Mm-hmm. So... That kind of wraps up the league, and we'll hop into the Prem, where we saw a lot 
of uh, a lot of action, <laughs> a lot of yeah, a lot of big games. And I guess we'll just go kind of in order that I'm looking at. Uh, Chelsea beat Crystal Palace 4-0. Mm-hmm. I thought you know this is going to be a little closer, to be honest with you, the way Palace have been playing. But Spencer, what do you what do you think would ha- happen in this game for Chelsea to get you know demolish Crystal Palace? I mean, I have to say I was shocked. I had very little faith in Chelsea heading into this game. I believe I predicted a 2-2 tie. But they came out and absolutely played up to what everyone thought they could be this season. They did take a while to get going. Ben Shieldwell didn't open the scoring till the 50th minute. But one thing you do have to notice is none of their attackers scored a goal. Yeah, Their goals came from their left back, their center backs, and Jorginho, who's their CDM, who scored two penalties. And you have to wonder what it's going to take for some of these new signings, Werner, Havertz, to get going in the Premier League when you see people like James Rodriguez coming in and absolutely flying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for free. I mean, I think it's it's difficult because not many people – predicted could could have seen James Rodriguez fit into the Premier League and especially in a team like Everton like fit in so well like the system complements him really well yeah and it allows him to be pretty much free on the pitch and do whatever he wants which is really complements his game but focusing on like the Chelsea uh again Jorginho I think is one of those pieces uh at Chelsea this season that people are really going to underestimate and he's one of those players that shows how versatile this squad is because they have a lot of depth and I think it's once they get that chemistry going and this 4-0 win is convincing in the first half definitely wasn't of course but it's convincing nevertheless and once they get the chemistry going that depth will prove really worthy down the down the stretch because of how tight this season is going to be yeah no for sure and Spencer I want to ask you a question just real quick um, on both penalties for for sorry for uh, Chelsea, Tammy Abraham tried to take the ball from Jorginho um, on both occasions, and it took Azpilicueta, the captain, of course, to come and separate them and give the ball to Jorginho. We know he's a penalty kick taker. He's only missed one in the league. I mean, you think there's anything to read into that from Tammy Abraham? A little bit selfish almost, or, or is this in the heat of the moment type of ordeal? I mean, I just... I think it is a very selfish thing to do. I think he sees Timo Werner as a bit of a threat, as he should be, because once Pulisic gets back to form, once Ziyech gets healthy, and even Giroud could be argued, there isn't really much of a place for Tammy in the squad. So I think he views penalties as an easy way to get his stats built up. definitely. But, I mean, at the end of the day, the manager sets a penalty t- kick taker. You have to let the penalty yeah, kick taker right. take Especially pass. if it's Jorginho, like he doesn't miss. But I definitely agree. I think oh, Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but apart from that, um, I definitely, I definitely agree. And I think, like compared to last year, Tammy Abraham got off to a flying star. Of course, as we all saw, he was like top goal scorer for quite a while, and. I think he's just like he's feeling a lot of pressure because he's not only young but he's also right. about kind of getting his spot taken uh, by Timo Werner and as you said Spencer Giroud so I think it's pressure combined with him not getting that many minutes in the league uh, I think it's both and it's just a moment of selfishness yeah for sure for sure and that's going to be something to watch I think later on in the season of course um, if he continues that way or he can change but I guess we'll move on to the next game, which, you know, we don't usually talk about Everton and their games, but I feel like it's only right to include them because they have been on fire recently. Mm -hmm. And, Spencer, we saw them pick up a 4-2 win at home against Brighton with James with two goals. Um, It was just another comfortable result. And, I mean, Spencer, we we put them – we ranked them pretty highly, but are you ready to maybe move them up or it's too early to tell? Honestly, I have them – I think fifth is exactly where I want them at this point. I think they're starting. They're playing unbelievably. I think ten out of the eleven players on in that starting eleven are phenomenal. Though there is, of course, one big issue for them in goal. 
with Jordan Pickford, Mm -hmm. who, despite everybody flourishing around them, it just seems he has a mistake in him every single game. Mm -hmm. Everton were absolutely dominant in this game, but still, 41st minute, a simple cross to him that he should have caught easily. He ends up dropping it, and if it weren't for a Yerimina late in the first half goal to cancel that out, it could have been a very different game with the score 1-1 going into halftime. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think there are going to be times of the season where Jordan Pickford costs this team points. But other than that, Everton are looking phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. I think I'm ready because I think the season – as we all know, is definitely going to be unpredictable with COVID and squad depth playing playing a huge role. I think Everton is definitely going to be the way they're playing. They're going to be contending for Champions League spots. I I'd like to say I'd like to believe, but I I believe they over the weekend they lost Moise Keane and Theo Walcott. I think so. Correct me if I'm wrong. And that's two players that are mm-hmm. going to be pretty important for them in the attack. Well, they were pretty important for them in the attack, even though Moise Keane wasn't getting that many minutes. I think it's still important to have like a player of his quality uh, as a sub. What do you guys think about that? The departure of two players, two attackers, like like Theo Walcott and Moise Keane. Yeah, I mean, I think Theo Walcott is always a great guy to bring on the pitch just because of his pure speed. Um, mm-hmm. Moise Keane, as you say, didn't really... I, I'm not sure he's going to be that big of a loss in the sense that their attack right now is looking really great. I'm not sure Moise Keane is going to get a lot of minutes. But, um, and he went to PSG. And, you know, Theo Walcott, yeah, on, on PSG, I think it's going to be good for him personally. Good? But, um, you think it's good? Well, I think... If he doesn't get minutes on Everton, notch, well, do you think he's going to get minutes well, on PSG? Well, here's the thing, here's the thing. I don't think Moise Keane right now at this age is going to be competitive in the Premier League. But I think he can go show his talents, even with limited game time, which he will get mm-hmm. in League One. I think he can show, kind of get a little more comfortable into that. Um, mm-hmm. Like we saw him at Juventus. I don't think in the Prem he's going to be able to, to take those chances. I just don't think he's a Prem player yet. Um, on the comments, it's just fit in you know, perfectly. So I think in a sense it's good for him. I see what you're saying with game time, but mm-hmm. when you're playing in League One, I think even with limited game time, a guy of his quality can really show his talents. But as Spencer says, I mean, we saw Everton – Get um, Robin Olsen on loan from Roma, the Swedish goalkeeper, who you know possibly can challenge Pickford. Who um, you know he's the England international Pickford. Mm. Whether you agree with that or not, you think Nick Pope <laughs> yeah. or whoever. I mean, that's up. That's, yeah, no, that's debatable for sure. But um, you know, as of right now, I guess I'd say he's England international. So he really, you know, what what frustrates me about Pickford, Pickford is that it's like the easy ones. He tries to. To make them look, you know what I mean, like you know, a goalie. Yeah, he tr- he tries to. He you know, he's like a camera arm, camera goalie. You can't blame that on him. Can't blame. Well, no, I just feel like we saw Dino against it was it was against a third or second division when they had one of those cup games like a week ago, two weeks ago. I'm not sure. And it was a it was a cor- it was a shot, bottom right corner, like you know, easy. He can just move over to his left, pick it up, scoop it up, and go down. And he does. Some crazy diving one hand save. He wants, he wants like, the flicks for Instagram. What? If, yeah, it's like he, he he's doing too much. If he just relaxes and it just plays his game, I think mm-hmm. he's perfectly fine. But he's he's overcomplicating things, in my opinion. And yeah, Everton look great. Brighton hard loss for them, especially after that Man U debacle. But um, yeah, Everton are flying. I guess we'll get into the game. Well, I guess Spencer, I'll let you introduce this game because. Uh, you got the prediction. You called Leeds getting over City a little upset. What were your thoughts on that, I guess? I mean, I have to say it started out uh, – I was nervous. Yeah. First 20 minutes, Man City came out and completely dominated. But then as soon as Sterling scored, it just seemed like something changed in the mentality. I don't know. But Leeds started to grow into the game, and – from the 20th minute on, you have to say they they were the better team yeah. in that game. And they ended up getting – they ended up tying it with Rodrigo in the 60th due to uh, Ederson mistake, although he did make up for it with a fantastic yeah. save later. So 
that kind of evens it out on his perspective. But, I mean, once again, it was just a subpar performance from Man mm-hmm. City, particularly, in my opinion, Kevin De Bruyne, who just yeah. seemed to be completely out of the game by which mainly comes down to Calvin Phillips, who I think is definitely one of the best defensive midfielders in the Prem, if not in Europe, who just really took him out of the game completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I think Leeds, as you say, I didn't call this. Um, but you're right, Leeds. I think from a neutral perspective, this game was really fun to watch because yeah. it was back and forth. Um, and, you know, from Guardiola, you know, you, you rarely see a Guardiola team kind of lose its tactics in a sense. Just kind of go up and down the field. You want to be... <laughs> And City doesn't want that, I don't think, because their attack is great, but their defense, even with the debut of Ruben Diaz, who I thought actually played well, um, to his in his fairness, you know, I don't think their defense perhaps really going to want them having another team have a bunch of chances against them. I really don't think so. But mm-hmm. yeah, from a neutral perspective, this is a great game, and and Leeds are kind of, you know, as we say, we said in my former or recent podcast that Leeds are, you know, just going to play how they want to play. It doesn't really matter who they're playing against, whether it's City or who, Liverpool, whatever. Mm-hmm. They want to play, and they're going to go out there and do it. And I think from a City perspective of, as well, Messia, you can touch on this. Not having Aguero, to me, is such a it, – it, it definitely impacts them. You know, we saw them put Mares as striker in this game. Didn't really work out. And I think Aguero just brings um, um, something – Beyond just the goals, I mean, it's it's his experience and leadership, and I mean, Matia, what do you what do you think about Aguero's miss not not being there? Um, I didn't watch the game. <laughs> oh, okay, well, Spence, what about you? What, what do you think about Aguero just not being there? I mean, he's definitely missed because he just always seems to be in the right position. Him and De Bruyne's chemistry together is amazing, and. I mean, Mara's really isn't the number nine. Yeah. He, he wasn't really that involved in this game. I feel out of the attackers, Sterling was the only one who was creating chances down on that left side. He really got the better of Luke Ayling for a lot of the game. But Aguero is definitely someone who's missed. Yeah. It always seems that Man City managed to create depth issues for themselves, whether it's at striker, center back, left back, whatever, right. despite spending all these millions of dollars. And I just have one question just... for Pep. Why is, why is Benjamin Mendy still starting on Manchester City? <laughs> that is my question. I don't get it. I don't think anybody gets yeah. it. I don't know how he, wa- I don't know how he wasn't set, sent off in that game. He, it's kind of sad how Nathan just, Ake replaced yeah. them too, a, like a center back replacing a like basically a, a full back wing back. I mean, well, he can't defend. I, yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't know. If <laughs> I mean, he can't watching, defend. He can't play football. Mendy had to get off the pit. Mandy, one way or another, Mendy was not finishing that game on yes, pitch. Yes, agreed. He was. Oh, the challenge at the end, right from behind, yeah. or, or not the end, but um, I've seen. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, Spencer. That should have been a red card, 100. percent yeah. He, no, I don't. Yeah, he, there's no what. Like it was only a matter of time. I mean, until he was it's off kind of a pitch. good thing if he gets a red, right? It doesn't. It it, it allows Pep Guardiola <laughs> to sit him on the bench for a week. <laughs> yeah, I think it's almost like Pep can't admit this dude's just not going to work out. Um, I think Pep is definitely a manager who has trouble admitting his. I think failure. he likes his Instagram yes. presence, and he's had a. That's what I think he likes, and he has, and he's definitely had a lot of them at Man City. Yes, this is true. Um, well, we'll shift over to the next game, I guess. And we usually don't talk about Leicester. But we're going to have to this week. <laughs> because if any of you today are listening to this episode <laughs> and haven't listened to the last one, I beg you to go back and listen to the predictions of the Premier League section where I said West Ham were going to do something in this game. And I took them I took them to win, I believe. Maybe a time. What was your other prediction, Joe? I just want to... Well, we'll get to all that right, later. Right. But um, we're on West Ham. <laughs> all right. 3-0 win over Leicester City, who, I mean, Leicester are, like, just this up-and-down team. And they just killed um Manchester City away. And then they go back home to West Ham. And to West Ham, I'm not going to trash West Ham because 
you know, me and you, Spencer, both put them relegation. Um, and they beat uh, what Wolves, right? They beat Wolves, um, and now they beat Leicester City three zero away from home. I mean, this is, I guess, I, I guess I'll start with you, Spencer. I mean, you know, I was right. <laughs> Got to say it. But from a Leicester perspective, I mean, this is like just a complete opposite of what we saw last I mean, week. If if we're being real right now, even though Leicester had 70% of the ball throughout the game, if we're being like really honest, West Ham's attacking like was just fluid. They just attacked well and they took their chances. They had a lot of shots and they scored and they capitalized. And it's good to see their signing from, I think, two seasons ago, Pablo Fornals, uh, finally getting a goal after yeah. so long. But... I think it's just proof of their attacking fluidity and they're just firing on all cylinders. I mean, ever since it seems ever since David Moyes David got Moyes. coronavirus <laughs> and was forced to watch the games from home, it seems West Ham have figured out how to play football. Yeah. <laughs> they've been I mean, last week we were both shocked by how they were able to dominate Wolves who had looked good all season. Then they came and absolutely obliterated an undefeated or a perfect Leicester team. And maybe David Moyes sitting on his couch is the second coming of Sir Alex Ferguson. <laughs> maybe Man United actually got it right. They just were putting him in the wrong spot. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, hot take. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I think we can, and we'll talk. We'll talk. I think know, we can move on to right. to your prediction, yeah. Nico. So let's talk. Let's talk well, no. about. Let's talk about whoa, that game. Whoa, whoa, let's whoa, talk whoa, about whoa, that whoa. game. Okay, so I think, I think we need to discuss the context of this game. Um, the main. Uh, the, we're talk, We're discussing the Man United talk. Okay, yeah. Well, let me discuss the, the context yeah. of this game. So Man United come out, classic goal penalty, Bruno Fernandez. All right, great. Two minutes in, wonderful, and then. Right, Tottenham score, okay, Tottenham score again, okay. So it's 2-1 at this point, and I'm not saying that the red card changed this game, because it didn't. Tottenham were going to win this game. Man United looked just disgusting, to be honest with you. But the the Premier League and VAR and the refs, whatever, it's the same thing every week. There's new controversy every week. You don't see this every week. It's always a prank for some reason. And we saw Anthony Martial get a red card for retaliating, and then Lamella just – he hits – he. He touches Lamella like in the face, and Lamella goes on the ground. After Lamella hit him around the face too, so it's just whatever. Martial got a red card. Lamella did not. Um, I'm gonna ask both of you, Spencer. You can start. I mean, you have to give Lamella a red card if you're gonna give it to Anthony Martial. This makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but I feel like at this point you're just trying to make excuses no, for that no, Man said, United said, performance. Yeah, because no, no, I'm not, I'm not. they were shocking. The game. They were. Yeah, they, they were bad. No, they were bad. They were I bad. mean, as you said, no matter what was happening, we they were gonna lose this right. game. But yeah. I mean, I feel like discussing the red card is almost just a benefit to United because we're not discussing yeah. the actual problems they That's have. Fair. Which okay. start with their captain Harry Maguire, who Ooh, yeah, that was just hideous. does How not look captain, like a bro? Premier League defender. That's just so crazy. I mean, How it it doesn't seem he has leadership abilities. He can he defend for his life. Arrested in Greece, he doesn't have footballing abilities. All he has is a massive <laughs> <Yeah>. head <laughs> and <laughs> bad feet. <laughs> no, but guys, what was and, the worst eighty million signing? Keppa or Maguire? Well, Keppa was seventy, but um, you know what I mean. I think, I think it's Keppa. I gotta be honest with you because Keppa, the you know, well, I don't know. It's it's harsh. It's harsh because Keppa was really good at Athletic Bilbao. But if you're gonna spend that much money on a goalkeeper, I mean, you have to, to me, it's crazy in the first place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like Maguire was a little bit. I'm not saying he's good. I mean, Maguire is still the most expensive defender of all time. I think the price tag is a little harsh on Maguire. I gotta be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, this Man United looked horrible. Paul Pogba is just, oh my god, that penalty he gave up. It was like a three seconds too late mm-hmm. challenge. It's um, ugh. I took him my second place in the prem. I'm not feeling that good about yeah. it right now. I gotta be honest. I mean, with you. I'm feeling I'm feeling very good about my only out. 
out by Christmas prediction. I have to say. Yeah, I mean, think you know he should be out by Christmas probably. I, I mean, I was <laughs> laughed at when I said it, but well, it was okay. Okay, okay, okay. Four games in or three you games see, in, it's looking. I mean, what like, can you what can you realistically do when you have when you can sub on Scott McTominay, who, to be fair, is a young prospect. I get it, but. Is he Premier League quality? No. Is Fred Premier League really Premier League quality? No. You have to start players like Eric Bailly. I think it's showing that they lack depth. Good yeah. depth. They I mean, make... yeah, but, I mean, you still have world-class players yeah. in that team. Paul Pogba is world-class. Is he, is no, he no, though? Is, it, is Paul Pogba still world-class? Oh, okay. Paul Pogba. Under the right manager, Paul Pogba could be one of the best midfielders in the world, and that's okay. undoubted. Mm-hmm. On a good I day, but how many good days has he had at Man United? Yeah, but that's the he problem. Should definitely, I don't think they've had the right manager. Under the right manager, I think I think the right manager could take this. Hey, sorry, sorry is unemployed. I think, I, I, think the right, I think the right manager could win the league with this Man United team. Uh, uh, maybe. <laughs> I need mean, a little bit more depth. There no, Ooh, but the way the league has gone so far, I yeah, think true. the right season, manager okay. could win the league this season with this Man United team. But I don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the right manager. Can we also talk about the fact yeah. that they splashed forty million on a kid from Atalanta, eighteen-year-old kid Ahmad Traore, yeah. who has a an yeah, astounding I mean, one goal in Serie A in his career. I'm not, I'm not, like saying it's a bad transfer, but forty mil. Yeah, and they and they couldn't spend one twenty on. I mean, Sancho? to be fair. Yeah, that is true. Sancho, I think would have been a great. What move. about the Cavani signing, boys? I mean, I, what do you guys think about that? I, I, I like don't, it. I don't know. Um, and I don't. I, well, I don't it's, like it. Look, it's at free. All. It's a free move. Is it free? You're paying I'm that salary. Bringing, right, that salary. Free transfer fees, I mean, saying. just. I mean, I think, I mean, I think realistically, there. Let me, you know, Martial is a good striker, um, but he gets you to only only so far. And I think, as Mencia, as you were just saying with the depth, I look on their bench. Who can Jesse they bring Lins. on to, to to score a goal? Exactly. Jesse. So I think when you have a guy like Cavani, who's experienced, uh, professional, and you know he can put the ball in the net, and I think that's what they need behind Martial. Mm-hmm. You know, next game. Um, he might have to play because Jesse Lingard can't start at striker. Sorry, you can put Rashford there, but you put Jesse Lingard shouldn't be starting on Man United. It's just that simple. So a guy like Cavani, who I think so many teams can use on, bring him on for thirty minutes or whatever, and we know he's proven a goal scorer. Mm-hmm. He can net one, and I think that won't fix the problems. But it's not a bad addition in my opinion. Is it? I, is it a one year or two year contract? I completely disagree, though. Uh, I'm not sure. It's a one year with an option to okay. extend. But yeah. the way I see it is. Would the money have been better served buying a backup striker now, or just well, who can you buy no, for, for his or, salary? No. I mean, Cavani's the backup striker that they got, like for right. his total salary is going to be like fifteen twenty million. Or would the money have been better served saving it for next summer and maybe being able to get that Jaden Sancho signing because they were mm. less than twenty million away. So, I think. I think the money could have been spent better on a more long-term solution because I don't think Man United are going anywhere this season with or without Cavani. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But I think, you know, the way I see it is that they, they need to make top four. And I thought I, that was pretty much a given. But I'm not seeing that right happen. now. I don't think um, top four are going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not looking like it. I mean, and I think when you can bring on a guy off the bench like Cavani instead of having to bring on Jesse Lingard or whatever um, – it ups your it 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 you know, chances to win. He's again he's proven, um, and I think a lot of teams could have used him. You know, I look at other teams that definitely need just a goal scorer. You can bring him on for again. I just had a few minutes and and he's been um since you know since 2007 he has his third most goals in Europe. So I think again, it's a guy that won't start. He's not going to get you 90 minutes on the pitch, but a backup striker and Edison Cavani to me. See a lot of plus I, side in that. I personally, um, I think we need to move on from this game and from this topic. But I, I, I well, no, can let's we, give can we talk Tottenham about Tottenham? Yeah, yeah, once from Man United, well, I'm saying. But uh, yeah, last. Thing, I mean, no, I, I think, I think 
striker isn't really the position they need right now. It's more defense. But yeah, talk about Tottenham. Well, of course. Sure. Um, every time we talk about Tottenham recently, it's been negative. Well, <laughs> and Mourinho, it's been negative. Um, so I mean, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. Why not? I mean, you know, and and Bale is yet to come. That's the best part about it, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I might be a little ahead of myself, but I think Tottenham are going to make top four this season. Okay, fair yeah. take. I think. I, think so, I mean, I really but, like the their, how their defense is shaping up. I like the players that they that they got. Right. Right now, I'm torn between Arsenal and Tottenham for the fourth top four spot. Mm. I think it's going to be teams. one of those one of the two London. I think it's going to be two London teams: Liverpool and Man City. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, I'm not even sure if United are going to get Europe. Hot take, hot take. All right. Well, we're gonna move on from I mean, that. Right now, okay. Right now, I think they're the worst out of the out of the top six. Okay. And I think Leicester City are better than them, and I think Everton are better yeah. than them. And I think maybe okay. And that puts them at eighth, just outside that's the top. That's reasonable. That's seven. reasonable. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's, uh, and that's reasonable assume, to an extent. And that's assuming that a team like or a team doesn't make a cup run, which takes away that seventh Europa League spot, which is what happened to Wolves this season. But so true. I think there's a very good chance Man United could be looking at a season out of Europe. Spencer, you year. haven't seen the new forty mil signing, bro. Just wait. Oh yeah, forty mil. <laughs> Uh, well, I do like the sign of Alex Telles. If he can score you. a whole goal in Syria, maybe he'll manage to bag an assist this season. Mm-hmm. I do to to Man United's fairness. Um, Luke Shaw is just a joke. Um, <laughs> Luke Shaw is just Luke Shaw is just like why is he still on Man United? So Alex Telles is interesting. You know, I have, a, I have a friend that's a Man United fan that said Luke Shaw defensively is better than um than than I think Trent. He said. Defensively, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, well, we're going to touch on Trent, uh. trust me. But, um, I guess real quick, we'll hop over to Arsenal Sheffield. Arsenal win again, to be fair. Um, any, anything to say here? I mean, to me, it was pretty, yeah, it's pretty simple. Okay, okay and I think <laughs> I don't know, I didn't yeah, see much. It wasn't okay, and I think that wraps up our Premier League section of the podcast. No, I just, yeah, yeah, no, so that's no, 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 because we watched, moving on we did, we basically watched, uh, a League One team against the Prem team this this weekend. Yes. Uh, Liverpool, who recently got promoted from the fourth division of English football, had to face Aston Villa. <laughs> and Ollie Watkins absolutely decimated it's a good striker. Liverpool's it's a good striker. defense in the first half with a hat trick. Uh, in the first 39 minutes, signing from Brentford for 20 mil. Do I have to say much more other than Oh, jeez. Yeah, I think that's... Spencer, why don't you start off? I think Matias OG sums it up and we can Mm -hmm. move on. Yeah, Spencer, let me get your opinions real quick on this. I mean, I just think... I mean, there's not much to say. It was an awful performance all around. Adrian was terrible. The defense was terrible. Joe Gomez shouldn't have been on the pitch. Wijnaldum was awful. Cato was awful. Mm -hmm. Firmino was non Apart from Salah... Not a single player for Liverpool deserved to be on that field. Should Robertson at times was should we decent? Should we be adding Ollie Watkins to our fantasy teams if we haven't picked them up yet? Uh, I mean, why not? He's a good striker. He was good last year, and he's. Do you guys he's, think he's he could be up there for uh, against Liverpool I mean. for top score? Oh, easy, easy. Okay, well, no. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm at the moment, personally. Austin Villa are three and zero. That's true. There are some people who think Austin Villa could finish above Man United this season. Ross Barkley proving everybody wrong on the loan. Had a good game. Ross Barkley's the next Lampard. Well, I mean, I think the next Ronaldinho. From from like the thing to me that was so obvious in this game was how and I and I've personally undermined Henderson in the past, but they really missed him. I mean, there was no leadership at mm-hmm. all in this game and it was needed badly um Klopp thinks that he can you know be like Bayern Munich and play some huge high line which you know you can't just do that in one game that's not how it works um it's pretty unprofessional I thought by him they played some huge high line they got beat every time by it and I think 
since Van Dyke's not willing to show show any leadership, um, and Robertson and Trent, it's just it's just a joke. Yeah. Um, you know Henderson really, if he was in the pitch, it wouldn't have been seven two. I gotta be honest with you, not because of his talent, but because of what he brings, just in terms of leadership. And they really needed some. And as I said, Trent as Jenner Arnold. I mean, I think I think uh, we can stop. I think know, people. No. no, I gotta be honest. I mean, he it's used enough, to be or, well, to certain people, the best right back in the world. I, I mean, mean, this dude the... cannot <laughs> defend for his life. It showed badly, and it was almost you know it reminded me of when you know in the NFL when you have a quarterback going up against a rookie cornerback, you know, you keep mm-hmm. throwing at him, right? Because you know he can't, can, he can, you know he can't defend that that um that mm-hmm. wide receiver that's been in the league for whatever three years. You know, it, last three goals, it was Aston Villa just toying with Alexander Arnold. Um, they knew he can't defend. They kept pressuring that side. And that's, I think, other teams are going to have to be able to see that later down in the season. And if you pressure a side that has Joe Gomez and Alexander Arnold, there's going to be plenty of goals to be scored. But I think, yeah, I guess that wraps up our Premier League recap. And we'll do predictions real quick. No one to make this too long. Um, big game, though. I guess to start off, 7.30 in the morning. Blech. But... It's definitely worth it. Everton at home to Liverpool. Ooh, the Derby. Let me get scoreline predictions real quick so we can yeah, so we can go through this quickly. Listen, 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 scoreline. boys. You know, I'm the master of the hot takes. I've had a lot of hot takes go bad. But I have another hot take here. I guess not that hot. It's kinda hot. I'm gonna have Everton winning this by three goals. Four one, boys. Huh. Four one. Calvert Lewin, yeah. Calvert Lewin at least two goals. Uh, I have to say, <laughs> I dis- <laughs> I have to say that I might go a little on the other side of it. I think Liverpool are going to be energized. I think Mane's going to be back. Henderson should be back in fitness. Thiago mm-hmm. might make his first start. And I think Liverpool are going to put a massive dent in Everton. And I I think it's going to be a 5-2 hammering again. Oh, okay. okay. Well, everything special just I said think is hopeful. For the, for the rest <laughs> of the fixtures, we should just do a quick fire. So, Chelsea-Southampton. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go Everton 2-1 in this game. Chelsea-Southampton. Uh, Chelsea, 3-0. Why not? Spencer? 2-1 Southampton. Okay. Man City-Arsenal. Oh, my God. Matia. Five zero. City. Oh, I... Five zero. Five zero. Beat down. I Arsenal defense oh. is gonna. It's coming. I just know it's coming. Okay, so it's happening. Okay. Here. I think three mm, one. Met City. Spencer. I think the first time this season I'm predicting City to win. I'm going two 0 Okay. Okay. United Newcastle. Well, yeah, United two zero. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I th- I think yeah, United's definitely gonna win that game. Spencer. One one. Ooh. Leicester Aston Villa. And lastly, yeah. Well, why not take Aston Villa? You know, I think Aston Villa two zero. Mm-hmm. I I I'd like to agree. Uh, 2-1 Leicester. Okay, and I think there's another important game, London Derby, Tottenham-West Ham. Well, I mean, I took Tottenham last <laughs> week, but I'm not going to do it, or West Ham last week, but I'm not going to do it again. So I'll take Tottenham 3-1. Okay. Um, I'll say 2-1, 2 West Ham. Tottenham 4-0. Ooh, bold, 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 bold. <sighs> All right. Well, it uh, does wrap up Leeds, our Premier League. Or oh. Leeds United Wolves. Um, I think I think Wolves need to bounce back at some point. So I'll go one zero. I mean, they won. They won their last game one zero. Yeah, but no, I think I think Leeds are gonna win. Yeah, I need. Mean, I have hope. Two one. Okay. You're saying two one yeah. Leeds. Uh, I'm going two two. All right. All right. Well, that does wrap up our Premier League predictions and recap. Some bold predictions, some not bold ones. Predictions that will probably come back to get us. <laughs> well, yeah, basically. But um, we'll shift over to 
to Italy. Yes. Um, and I guess kind of the highlight of the week was that Juventus or, or Napoli didn't re- refuse to play Juventus. So I think it's going to go down as a 3-0 Juventus win. Um because of Corona. I'm not even sure really. So I didn't basically, really into it, but this is what so they're saying. No... So, okay, yeah, so for anybody that doesn't know, Napoli had a couple of positive uh, coronavirus tests because they recently played Genoa, who they themselves have had 14 positive corona tests. So, the one, some politicians and some uh, members of the staff at Napoli said uh, blocked their their travel from Napoli to Turin. And they didn't allow the team to travel, which uh, and a lot of people are want want Juventus to be given the three points. But I'm pretty sure the the Serie A is leaning more towards just a normal rescheduling. But yeah, definitely a highlight, and I think everybody was looking forward to this game. Yeah, for sure, I, I definitely was. Um, and I guess what we did do some other good games. I guess the highlight was Lazio tying against mm-hmm. Milan one one. Two red cards in this match. Matia, what were your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, two red cards. I think we saw Vidal dive really badly, and it's just sad <laughs> to see a player like him. I just don't like the man. And uh, But, again, good game. Lazio definitely deserved to win. They dominated the game, and it's good to see them bounce back uh, and get back onto those winning – not winning ways, but to play well. And it's really – um, a pity that they didn't actually go on to win the game. I'm sure Lazio fans got mad, but I mean, let's just not ignore the fact that the highlight of the week is definitely Milan against Spezia, uh, <laughs> putting us top of the league, of course, and just easy. And last highlight, of course, Atalanta Cagliari, five two Atalanta, just winning ways, boys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how far do you guys think? Atalanta can take this team. Do you guys think they're competitors for the title? Definitely. Or? I think they're they're easily top four team, and they're definitely going to be competing for the title. And uh, I think Champions League, they have a good chance to make another run playing like this. Yeah. I think, I don't know, I didn't take them in the top four. I don't think they're going to be able to sustain it. <laughs> I really don't. Um they're a good team, but nah, not for me. Not for me. It's too attacking. I mean, you saw what they much. did to Valencia last but, year. But um, okay. Well, last year was last year was special. Uh, this week, looking ahead into Milan. Uh, but what do you guys Milan, think about the Milan classic, sitting at the top um, of the table? You know, well, it's it's. I mean, it's uh, like an right a, it's like an elephant right on top now. of the tree. You don't know how. Okay, 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 okay. It's gonna come crumbling down. Okay. Agreed. Listen, listen, Agreed. if, Agreed, if Milan win the Serie A, <laughs> um, I will tattoo Zlatan's face on my on my leg. I will. No, you won't. No, you won't. I said it, I well, said neither it on of my those podcast. Are gonna happen. I said it on this podcast. I will tattoo his face on my leg. All right. Well, we'll definitely wait for that to be the cover. So predictions for next week? <laughs> of our, um, yeah, Inter Milan, AC Milan, I think. I might be going to the game, boys. I might be going to the game, actually. Well, you're going to see okay. Yeah, okay. I'm going to take Inter Milan 3-0. Um, Spencer, what about you? Wait, Mattia, are there fans there? Yeah, they're allowing 1,000 fans in the stadium. Are you going to be one of those 1,000? I'm trying to get tickets, but it's looking difficult. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going. <laughs> I'm going to be in Milan, definitely. So when Milan win 3-1, I'll be there to celebrate. 3-1. Okay. Well, I do agree that Milan will win 3-1. Ooh. Oh, come on. <laughs> 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 okay, okay. Napoli at Yeah, what about uh, Crotone Juventus? What do you mean, man? Right, Crotone Juventus, okay. is that even a question? All right, all right, I'll go. <laughs> well, I mean, possibly taking Dynamo Kiev from Juventus. Okay, okay. So, uh, <laughs> but um, Napoli Atalanta, I'm going to take uh, Napoli 1-0. Mm. Actually, no, Atlanta can't go. Yeah. So I'm going to go 2 1 Napoli. No, I'm, I'm going for a 4 3 win for Atlanta. Both high scoring yeah, teams. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm going 3 2 Atlanta. All right. And we can move over to the Bundesliga, I guess. 
where sure. we saw yeah, Dortmund. Sure. Yeah, so let's go to the Bundesliga. <laughs> where we saw. <laughs> let's go to the Bundesliga. Actually, let's go to the most important league in, in Europe right now, the League One. Okay. Uh, wow. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. All right, sure. Bundesliga. Can we go back? <laughs> Bundesliga. We saw Dortmund get Dortmund and Bayern getting back to winning ways. One team did it in an easier fashion than the other, but. Of course, Dorman winning 4-0 with ease. I think there's not much to say about this game other than domination and Haaland just playing the way he's well, used to play. I'm not sure if Haaland is the player I'd single out. Is it number 32 who assisted three times? I believe you're right. Gio Reyna. The future of world back football. To the starting lineup. I mean, at this point, he has limitless potential. He's 18 years old, or 17 years old, sorry, mm-hmm. playing for one of the best teams in the world. And That's USA, right? Dominating in the, well, USA is one of the best international teams in the world. And he's dominating before his 18th birthday, yeah. three assists today, and he just, he just looks unbelievable. Yeah. And when will he stop? I don't think he will stop for a long time. Well, I think, um, in my opinion, I think he's gonna stop pretty soon. Okay, um, hater. Next hater. week, going at hater. away at Hoffenheim. <laughs> going away at Hoffenheim. I think Dortmund are actually gonna get a little upset here from Hoffenheim. Um, uh, looking ahead, of course. Um, in terms of the Bayern hurt yes. the Berlin game, though, that was a shootout. Shootout. It was really interesting, of course, on that's before goals. It's not even surprising, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Scored all the time. Um, somebody who who started in this game? Chris Richards, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Chris boy Richards from Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> yeah, you got to start. That's that's fun to see you, 100%. Uh-huh. And you'll, did, he, did, he, did he get the assist? Uh, he yeah, did? he did. He actually had two assists, oh, okay. but one of them was. Well, he got, he he got subbed off by a superior Frenchman, but it's all right. Well, I mean, uh, it looks like Hansi Flick started his best lineup this game, and Chris Richards was in. Yeah, Hernandez was in. Well, I'm Ooh, sure Davies we'll see on that the wing. Well, we will. If we do, that's interesting. <laughs> if we do, I'm yeah. excited for it. And also, Leipzig Schalke. Leipzig winning 4 0, absolutely destroying Schalke. And Schalke. Schalke. It's, it's sad yeah. to see. It's yeah. Three games, three losses, fifteen goals conceded, one goal, one goal Jesus Christ! Yeah, I think I'm ready to say they're uh, going. I'm just happy. uh, McKinney, McKinney got out. McKinney. Yeah, on the flip side of that, Werder Bremen, uh, we see Josh Sargent, of course, got a one-zero win over Armenia, who I think are newly promoted. Um, Werder Bremen are also pretty shaky. Hopefully they don't go down. Well, I mean, they are 2-1, um, much of which is due yeah. to Josh Sargent. Well, yeah, he hasn't he hasn't done a whole lot this season, <laughs> but for sure I hope he's able hey, to he, continue he a little he more later down the stretch. Respect, respect. Zero shots, yeah, zero shots on target. It's hard. I mean, it's hard when you're playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right I mean, experience. you have a lot of competition, you know. Oof. You're not going to – yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> And so I guess we'll do predictions real quick. Bayern, Armenia. We're not. We're gonna skip this because we all know what we're gonna choose. Bayern. What about Hoffenheim and Dortmund, guys? Dortmund. All right. I'm, I took Hoffenheim as I said. What about you? Ah, uh, we know Dortmund. Hattrick. And then from I guess Gio? a pretty good game. Mochum Gladbach and Wolfsburg. Oh, Spencer Hattrick from Gio? Possibly. I think he'll have two goals and an assist. Okay. Reasonable. Reasonable. Mönchengladbach and, and Wolfsburg. And he'll win a penalty. That's, right. That'll be missed. Yeah. Uh, Mönchengladbach. Same here. No argument. Winter. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, that does wrap up, I guess, our Bundesliga. And then we're going to the most important and, uh, we'll league over in, the, in the world. Most important. It was 100%. Where are we? Wait, we're talking yes. about the MLS? No. No. Never. So, DC United <laughs> is absolute <we're>... garbage. <laughs> Shout out to our yeah. boys over ben there, Olsen, Kevin Paredes. Ben Olsen does not. <laughs> well, Ben Olsen doesn't realize he can't sub someone on. It's not on the roster, <laughs> which he tried to do when he was caught three minutes later. But um, I mean, in terms of League One, PSG 6-1. Um, <laughs> okay, I guess 
you know, not in League One, but in France for the you know for the French soccer. We saw Kamavinga scores beautiful debut, goal, a beautiful body, so. goal. Yeah, beautiful goal. It's not League One, but I guess it's a kind Can of. Can we just say that France, he has he has the highest potential <laughs> out of all the young kids in Europe right now? Can we oh, agree wow. on that? Wait, are you counting Mbappe as young? Like, are you counting G- future Real Madrid player? Yeah, I would, yeah, I would say Kamavinga for sure. Yeah, yeah. I want it. Faki Kamavinga. What did you guys I think? I wanted to agree with I don't that. Future Madrid yeah. player? Well, yeah, hopefully, yeah, they could use uh, Tied against Marseille, which was probably the biggest game of the week. Payet scoring in the 16th minute and then getting a red card three minutes later. Uh, Marseille qualified for the Champions League last year, getting in second <laughs> place, but it doesn't look good for them. Uh, Lyon, I mean, they went a man down. They managed to get a tie, but disappointing for Lyon and Marseille doesn't look good either. And Monaco lost to a recently yeah. promoted team, which I don't even know. Sure. I don't even think you guys know this team. It's a, from a very small yeah. city in the west of France. Surprising. Nice. Monaco's just fallen so low. It's crazy. Uh, Rennes, Rennes also True. dropped points yeah. for True. the first time this season. Yeah. Er, We're showing that knowledge. Time. We're showing that League One knowledge. 2 2 draw. Yeah. Draw Ren to uh, Ren. yeah, well, we're trying to stretch it. Gotta be honest with you. We'll wait for another uh, fight between Neymar and PSG or whatever. I don't know. But we'll, we'll be back. Um, and I guess, Italy winning, I mean, I guess Italy winning 6 0. International games, but they're just easy, friendly, easy. So can really take there. Can anybody think, uh, vouch for my nationality okay. as being the best? Well, that's great. Um... <laughs> You're well, not we'll see you guys though. in the next episode <laughs> on that note we'll see you guys in the next episode uh, we do thank you guys for watching or listening of course and yep. well there was a lot to take in here <laughs> but it's yep. going to be more in the next one I'm almost sure of it thank you. so thank you guys for listening we'll see you guys in the next one <laughs>